0: Hello, and welcome to the brand new edition of You Should Have Been Here Last Week, the podcast hosted by myself, Steve Gribben, and fellow comedian Paul Ricketts, it, which we delve into the byways and the whyways and the who books this is of the comedy circuits in general. This particular edition is a, a review of New Year's gigs, which are kind of species apart from Christmas gigs. They, they overlap like a Venn diagram of misery. Uh, with Christmas gigs, but um, they are they can be quite quite challenging, can't they? So this is the the New Year's Eve uh, gigs edition of You Should Have Been Here last week.
1: They are a special sort of gig on their own. Most gigs, the audience turn up uh, and have an expectation of entertainment and enjoying themselves. On New Year's Eve, there's an extra pressure put on them <laughs> because it's New Year's Eve. And everybody is doubly determined to really, really enjoy themselves. And there's more pressure, I think, put on the performers because of that. And the only thing you can say about any New Year's Eve gig and that any member of the audience must be someone who particularly hates Jules Holland because they've decided to go out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that would that would include any folk artist that appears on the that show (laughs) which duo goes i'll just accompany you (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah uh, i mean it is that pressure by the way because we also noticed that um you've got to be very careful new year's Eve gigs if they don't if they overrun and you start getting into that terrible thing where it gets closer and closer to midnight and the audience start doing this, don't they? And they start going. "Mm -hmm." I mean, I've been in that position myself many times once at the comedy CAF, it ran so late over that I was on about, about quarter to 12. And that was, I mean, I did, I did only. I did like 12 minutes and got the off. Because for the whole of the gig people just lopped they weren't listening. They weren't sort of they were elsewhere. Their their attention was drawn towards the big bongs, as it were, you know. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? The Who wouldn't bongs? have
1: their attention be? diverted by big bongs? Don't underestimate the big, big bongs.
0: bongs. <laughs> Yeah, what great act they were, uh, and also, I mean, we've got to talk about the fact that you know uh, the reason that most comedy acts would do New Year's Eve is because of the money. You know, it's oh, God. it's either yeah. time and a half or double time, isn't it? Or or it used to be. I don't know. I I think it's slightly more now, but not not double time anymore, is it? Uh, what happened after the uh, millennium?
1: Uh, so everything went sort of crazy in the uh, when uh, year two thousand rolled in and we were expecting our computers to fall apart and everything else, uh, money went absolutely through the roof. And so, uh, as um, as put by Alan Francis in our previous uh, podcast, triple bubble, not
0: double bubble, but triple bubble. <laughs> and as we all know, co- comedians like living in their own triple bubble, don't they? <laughs> yeah <laughs> we we love it can't it's like catnip in it come on it'll be a disaster i mean again i mean we'll do the, we'll deal with this in another podcast but there's a whole different um thing about corporate geeks oh. it's the same thing the deal is the deal with the devil is this is going to be shit here's an extra wadge of money and the acts go yes i know full well it's going to be shit i accept the bargain. Nail me to the cross or whatever it is. Takes your fancy, you know.
1: You're prepared to sacrifice your career, or a night of your
0: career, (laughs) for triple bubble. (laughs) You know, this is a true story about um, 2000, and I think it was New Year 2008, Um, I was doubling I know it's unheard of now, but uh, I was doubling the comedy store with Headliners and Chiswick and it was New Year's Eve and Headliners and Chiswick, something went wrong, it overran. I had to get the tube back. The tube had to stop because it was so overcrowded that people couldn't get on or off. And then eventually the guy just goes, oh, there's a problem. You don't have to get off. We had to get off at St. James's." (laughs) I then had to fight my way through the crowd at St. James's, Park, um, you know, that stop going all the way down through, down towards the comedy store. I couldn't get through. So and uh, the problem is you're in a hurry because you're going to work and everyone else is like, Ey. so I actually made the comedy store, uh, but I was well past my particular slot and I missed, I missed going on. I missed, oh. I didn't get paid. Uh, oh. I missed the slot. <laughs> Worst new years ever. Uh, Only compounded at the end, yeah, by the fact that there were no trains back and I had to virtually walk all the way back to Lewisham. Oh, God. That was a cracker, that was. Well, I've got two easy uh,
1: gig stories. I'll do the first one because it's uh, what you were saying about the bongs uh, comes into play in this one. It's a bit of a long story. So someone contacted me from a place called the Cock Inn in Smithfield Market. East Poultry Avenue. Sounds promising already. Yeah. So (laughs) this place was a pub and restaurant for, well, calf really. I'm pushing it, saying it's a restaurant. It's clientele where the meat market workers and hardened alcoholics, because it opened at 3 a.m. in the morning (laughs) and went all the way through. Oh, God. Into around about midday the next day. And then it would shut, and then open up again. You know, <laughs> yeah. Famous for its boiled beef and cabbage, and also its fried steaks. Place stunk like a calf meat school dinners had that sort of smell in the place. Yeah, contacted me <laughs> and said, "Look, in in the evening, the owner says in the evening no one actually comes here, and so uh, we'd like to put something on. I'm a big comedy fan. Would you like to?" do some comedy here and the place inside was pretty grim it was really down at heel and I said yeah okay though we'll give it a go and he said well okay let's do the first one on Christmas Eve and I said to him I don't think that's a very good idea don't think it's a good idea but he was determined to do it he gave me the money to book some acts so I booked what I considered to be a fine lineup. Of uh, Simon Munnery, another comic called uh, Stan Stanley, and Andy Osho, and Nick Revel was closing. And that was, I thought, a really good lineup. So good, in fact, that Time Out basically picked it as its um, comedy night pick of New Year's Eve that year, which was 2014.
0: So it This is, by the way, it's almost in fact, this is the bit in the film where it's all, everything's set up to be fantastic, and then whoosh, we cut to the next bit, which is obviously
1: They disaster. did all the promotion, they did all the promotion, and there was DJs, uh, there was going to be also food served, and there was free champagne cocktails, all of this. <laughs> made what a fantastic night for someone to celebrate new year's eve 2014 what happened of course was only eight people turned up and this whole thing was supposed to start at eight o'clock oh no nine o'clock and there was the eight people in there and i said to the proprietor i said look eight people in this huge great big pub with 200 chairs put out it's you can't go ahead with this he goes, oh no, we've got to go ahead. There's uh there's I've got a group booking of 40 coming in. Oh, well, okay then. If that's yeah. true, um
0: fine, we'll go ahead. I mean, that's that should have been the alternative title for this podcast, shouldn't it? I've got a group booking of 40 coming in. The mythical group booking of 40. Yeah, the coach party that's coming <laughs> in from
1: Doncaster. There is a mythical group booking. I've heard it many times. Oh, don't worry, it was a group booking. The coach party coming in. in." The other thing about this gig was the place was absolutely freezing. It's in a meat market, which is cold in the first place, and it was actually a really freezing night. And they didn't turn the heating on. It was so cold in there. The audience has sat there shivering in their coats. The acts performed with their coats on. I emceed it, and my first question to the audience was: uh, So, has anyone? made any new year's resolutions and there was uh, two girls sat in the front and they just put one put their hand up and said yeah my new new year's resolution is never to take a recommendation from time out and go to a uh, terrible place like
0: this oh <laughs> my god on new oh, year's <laughs> <laughs> eve <laughs> that is one uh, absolute exocet of a heckle isn't it Oh, my God. I mean, I had to laugh. I had to agree with her.
1: <laughs> and what happened was, first that comes on, Simon Munnery, Yeah, obviously he dies because there's yeah. only eight people in there. They're all spread all over the place. We tried to get them to bunch together just to share the warmth, but it didn't happen. And And as he were, two people got up and walked out while he was on. So now we were down to six. Uh, then Stan Stanley comes on, and two people then leave after he's been on. Now we're down to four. Oh, God. Uh, Andy Osho was um, was coming from another gig. She turned up. She saw only four people there. She went, oh, my God, there's only four people. I said, yeah, I'm really sorry, Andy. I'm sorry about And Don't forget, that year she had, actually had her own show on Channel 4. <laughs> And she was finishing off the most successful year of her comedy career by playing to four people in a meat market, empty pub, yeah. four people. So um, worse than that, she'd invited her parents down and her oh, family.
0: No. no. Oh, God. Oh, oh dear. So, <laughs> and
1: they came down. And were charged twenty five pounds each by the uh, venue to oh get in. Shit! Oh god! Which I was astounded. I said, "You can't do this." She's one of the acts. No, no, we got to get. You know, we've got to get make our money back. Oh god! So she had four members of her family charged twenty five pounds each. They come in, uh, and as soon as they come in, another two people go. So now we're down to six, we're back to six, but four of them are Andy Osso's family. Oh, God. And so she goes on, and when she goes off, the final two real punters there said, look, you know, we're thinking of going, it's really, really cold, and, you know, we'd
0: like to go somewhere warm and enjoy oh, no. New Year's. Oh, God. So Nick was still to go on. And
1: and I said to the I said to the promoters, look, there's only two real men they want to go. They don't want to stay. And uh they said, Well, no, 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 no. Uh, we're gonna bring all the cooks and the DJs uh, and all the staff. We'll bring them in and we wanna see the last act. Also, Andy Osso's family said, wait a minute. <laughs> We paid £25 for this. Yeah. <laughs> we want to see the last act as well. <laughs> so I went back to the uh, the, the two real punters and said, look, it's actually going on. And they go, well, I suppose we pay £25. We might as well see the end of this disaster. We've stuck it all the way through. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to wait to the end. So Nick Revel goes on. And, of course, the night had been delayed. As we were waiting for this uh, uh, coach party, it never turned up, and so we we're running late. Uh, Nick did his thing, and I looked at the uh, at my watch and realised, of course, it was already two minutes past twelve by the time I got up on stage. Oh
0: God! <laughs> You'd actually missed the whole point of the evening, yeah? As it were. Oh my! Yeah. What did the punters do? Well, oh, no one
1: realised because he. he- <laughs> It was, you know, there's only those two that were left. (laughs) No one else was really looking at their watches. Nick comes off. I got up on station, did the only thing you can do in that situation, which is just go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Did the countdown. Uh, uh, Happy New Year. Of course, everyone then looked at their watches, went, what the fuck It's already five minutes past? (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, and then we let the two people out, and they're going. We will never forget this the rest of our lives. How terrible! I bet this that, night
0: was. <laughs> but that was a that was a miraculously uh, misery tale, wasn't it? Horrible. It was so miserable. That Andy also sent me a
1: uh, message the following year saying, thank "Fuck, I am not performing with you this year."
0: <laughs> As oh, you say. <laughs> I can't top that. I don't think. I don't. I don't think. I mean, uh, uh, Mike Elliott, the uh, sadly deceased Northeast uh, comedian, he was a brilliant comedian, but he, he did do a large part of his work uh, in working men's clubs in the northeast of England. He told me two brilliant stories. Right, one that he was paid off, uh, and in case our listeners don't know that uh, thing, is it, especially in the working men's club gigs, if they didn't like you. They used to get you in the interval, didn't they? And go, right, son, uh, that was shit. <laughs> pay, pay you your money in front of you. He got paid off on Christmas Day. <laughs> Christmas Day lunchtime show. They went, no, uh, it's not going well. Uh, and Mike said he was so depressed because it's like, you know, where was the goodwill to all men? They just went, the audience uh, think you're shit. I think you should just go home. Goodbye. He said, well, what are you going to do with the second half? We'd rather have the music on. <laughs> Anyway, the other thing that he told me was, it didn't happen to him, but it happened to a friend of his, that, again, the same thing happened to him, that it ran over and ran over. And he went on stage perilously close to midnight, and then just towards the end of the act, right, he's still in the middle of his act. The audience just start going, 10, (laughs) 9, 8. They didn't (laughs) count. What could he do? He just went oh, seven, six, five, you know, happy new year. And then he just sort of, in the general hubbub, he just ran off stage. Oh, God. Uh, I have one more
1: story. That happened four years years later. um, And I picked up a gig uh, in Salisbury. Was it? Salisbury. And we were told it was going to be at this lovely venue, ticketed, and uh, it was just me. And a a, a nice act called, well, a very good act called Laura Lex. We turned up at the venue at sort of pretty much 10 o'clock. Nobody was there. So we were stood outside waiting. And then around about half past 10, uh, it turns out that the owner of a local Indian restaurant was the person that was putting on this gig. And he turned up with his family and friends and animals and children and they all piled in and straight away you're thinking and we saw the poster and it just said um food dj dancing champagne and comedy
0: oh my god you were the last
1: last on the bill yeah and so it was pretty much an empty sort of nightclub (laughs) So there's about twenty of them, as I said, with kids and and dogs, and straight away DJ uh, fired up the uh, the you know the ones and twos, yeah. And there was so all these families. There was granddad dancing with with his granddaughter. The dog was running around. It was a uh, you know nobody. There was no chairs in the room, and I said, look, you got to set some chairs up. For the comedy well, no 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 we're not we're not sitting any chairs up now. we're not we can't be there's no chairs anywhere so you know we're not doing it and it was all dark with the disco lights and everyone was having a good time in the family and then we got around about quarter past 11. so there's been about 45 minutes of disco and all that stuff and there was you know canopies and stuff put in and then they suddenly said uh we're gonna have comedy on in a minute Everyone went... Mmm. And then they turned <laughs> on the fluorescent lights because we said, we can't do it in this dark room with the disco lights. So they just turned on all the strip lighting. <sighs> A third of the room stayed out of the room. They just disappeared out into the sort of lobby area. The rest of the room yeah. just hit the walls and they were miles away from us. It was absolutely horrendous. It was... I hardly got a laugh through the whole thing. Laura Lex just went on stage and just coated them. It was one of the best performances I've ever... In (laughs) fact, I think she changed as a performer from that night onwards. I'd never seen her attack an audience that much. It was such a dreadful experience for both of us. We are out of there at quarter to... It didn't let us, you know, get to New Year's. You know, we got to a quarter to 12... Uh, we just said, oh, just got to get out of here. Got our money and drove home. But it was just yeah, <laughs> an awful, awful gig. I did take my partner along to it. Uh, yeah. And then we had to drive back from Salisbury uh, to I London, know. watching fireworks shoot up in the sky. Everyone else having a great time. And we're driving back miserable. <laughs> if it's your partner and you've oh, taken God. a to watch a really terrible gig. <laughs> Watch you die on New Year's Eve and then you've got to drive her home. That's not, that's
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, I feel for Andy Osho's parents, at least they went, they saw her become incredibly successful. So, um... well, she was at that point. This was the uh-huh. high point of her year or the low point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, dear. In fact, two so, uh... of those acts, I mean, she stopped doing stand up about, I think, like 18 months later, uh, after being really successful. Stan Stanley, I never saw perform comedy
0: ever again after that gig. You did that. That's your fault. (laughs) No, not you, but uh, the cock in that they did this. Uh, Well, they're responsible for a lot of things that have gone wrong. Sorry, I couldn't help that. I couldn't help that. Um, yeah, is that is that enough for a New Year's Eve thing? I think I it is, think isn't that's it?
1: that's more than enough. I mean, obviously, Happy New Year to all yeah. our listeners and viewers. And once again, what else could you... A New Year's resolution? I think you should uh, partake of is to subscribe to our YouTube channel, definitely. And yes, the podcast likes uh, likes shares. If you want to send us money. I still stick it up on, I think, on the YouTube. Uh, not so much on the podcast, but we have uh, you have a you buy Steeper coffee, yeah. And um, uh, for me, I think I have a little link where you can just send me money
0: because you didn't send me a, a Christmas card, did you? So no, I, mean, I didn't. No. no, no, I'm talking about the audience. Um, I've changed mine now to Michelle Moan. If you send it care of Michelle Moan, I should get. I should get a lot of money. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think and a uniform. 12, Twelve million and a uniform as well. Yeah. <laughs> which doesn't and a mask which doesn't work properly. So yeah. yeah. So um, should we wrap up? Wrap up. Yes. This I episode? thought I was doing that. Oh <laughs> right, <I> that's <didn't>
1: <laughs> it. We'll say goodbye to you and uh, we'll see you later in this fantastically new year when it's not so new and it'll be yeah. a little bit older. So see you later.
0: Bye. Bye should've been here last week I swear You
1: should've been here last week Oh yeah You should've been here
0: last week This show is part of Pedomedy The Podcast
1: Comedy Network We're the best kept secret on A-Cast Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out Pedomedy.com now